the EDP. Weird Norfolk, with Shifra Connor, Stacia Briggs and Richard Fair. The ruins are spectacular and a hint at majesty, majesty long since claimed by time, but the broken walls of Bromholme Priory hide an even bigger secret. They once housed a holy relic said to be so powerful it could raise the dead. Also known as Bacton Abbey or Bromholme Priory, the building was founded in 1113 by William de Glanville as a sister abbey to Castle Acre. For the first century of its life, Bromholm was a staging post on the pilgrim route to Walsingham. But in 1205, its fortunes changed thanks to a tiny wooden cross no bigger than a man's hand, which, it was said, was a relic of the true cross on which Jesus died. Matthew Paris's illuminated medieval manuscript, Chronica Majorna, contained information about the cross, which drew from Floris Historium by Roger of Wendover in his Annals for 1223. In the same year, divine miracles became frequent occurrences at Bromholm to the glory and honour of the life-giving cross on which the saviour of the world suffered for the redemption of humankind. In this year, divine miracles began to be wrought in that monastery to the praise and glory of the life-giving cross, for the, there the dead were restored to life, the blind recovered their sight, and any sick person who approached the aforesaid cross with faith went away safe and sound. In all, 39 people were raised from the dead, 19 blind people had their sight restored, and pilgrims, including Henry III, flocked to Bromholm with gracious offerings. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. So we were one of the places that allegedly had a piece of the true cross, mm. which I think there's been much written about that if you put all the pieces together, you could pretty much build the ark. Yeah. Although I, I did um, read somewhere that somebody, and um, I think it, a Catholic chap, was so annoyed at that that he actually did an experiment and, and recreated how how big a ship you could make from all the bits of the true cross that people claimed they had and um apparently you couldn't eat he, he charmingly said you couldn't even have executed a man on the <laughs> wood that you would have got and that's and that's kind of when he was exaggerating how much wood so apparently that is a a cruel rumor that actually there were only splinters of the true cross so let's just get that one out of the way <laughs> well, i'm glad we've sorted that out yeah. built the ark <laughs> yes Right. So, few. Because they yeah. say that, don't they, about bits of wood from Nelson's ship, yes. don't yes. they? Even though the fact that it, the wood was replaced and replaced and replaced yes. and replaced. Yes. But still, you know, I mean, I wish I had a pound for every bit of wood that had yeah. been found from that ship. I think, I think, um, I think it's not unfair to say that it's likely that many of the pieces of the True Cross possibly weren't. Um, but I guess it's it's interesting to think how something so basic can be given such a spiritual meaning uh, if you think that it's where, you know, Christ breathes his last, well, some of his last before he was, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> his initial last. Did you lose your train of thought a little bit then? I just couldn't, I couldn't get over because he was then resurrected, wasn't he? So I was just, it wasn't his last. Which brings us back to the yes, story. Absolutely, yes. Coming back from the dead. Yeah. Of the dead. So I, th I think one of the things I like about this story is the guy who brought it to Bromholm 
how do you say it? Is it Brom Bromholm? Brom I'm just thinking you say it. It's, you always make I me like say the you say all the all the um, the Latin stuff as well. Yeah. I was really pleased. That's why I made you read it. I was waiting for you to say that. But well, he, that that old favourite book by Roger of Wendover that we've all got at home. Looking forward to hearing you saying that again. What was that called? I can't remember. <laughs> Anyway, I'm moving on before you start taking the mick out of me again. <laughs> but he'd actually taken this piece of the cross to loads of different places beforehand. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Bromholm people were just like, oh, awesome. this sounds amazing, yay. yay. Yeah, I don't think much happened near Castle Rising no. uh, at that point. It's a fairly, I mean, the actual rune, you can't I've get not, I've to not been it. There. Have um, you seen it? No, well, you can't get to it. No, it's on you private can't get line. to yeah, it. So yeah. I, I have been on a, a tour to it, and you know it's okay. It's quite good. Yeah, I think but when we sent the photographer out, he obviously he had a long lens, so he could just about yeah. Catch and it, but it was all covered in like scaffolding because they were obviously I don't doing think some. That's yeah, of the time, is it? No, I don't. I don't that's think not that authentic. authentic. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a it's a dramatic looking thing. You know, it's kind of, it, it does indeed kind of stand over this very bleak bit of Norfolk. And I imagine it was as bleak then as it is now, possibly bleaker because they probably don't have 4G. And so if you did have some kind of glamorous strangers turning up, it's all a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, because and also in- they were probably a bit kind of jealous of Walsingham because yes. they were on the pilgrims route to Walsingham they were the poor brother weren't they yeah the so all of a sudden they're like oh yeah. we've got a relic of the yeah. and, and people did like believe in it and they flocked we to it we see your they? shrine yeah. and we raise you a piece of Christ's true cross I do wonder where like the stories of like the um healings kind of come from because I was talking to Roan about this yesterday Roan's a lady we work with and I was saying something must have happened, though, because to say 39 people, or however many of it was, came back, yet 39 people were raised from the dead. That's a lot of people. Like, if it was, like, two, you'd go, oh, well, they probably had, like, it some kind of sickness. It who is reporting this as having happened. Because if I was the PR for Bromholm, then I would circulate a rumour if I wanted people to come to Bromholm and possibly buy some souvenirs of the True Cross or, I don't know, some mead, whatever, and then I think I would just say, and, and there was no kind of proof, there was no. no way you could say, well, look, here's a picture, here's some video. I suppose, yeah, back then, yeah. it was all just word here's of mouth, wasn't, wasn't it? it? And, and then when people got there, they'll be like, oh, yeah, there was this and time you, when like, yeah. this person came back. If you look at those kind of spiritualist church movements where there's the laying on of hands by a pastor mm-hmm. and they suddenly spring up and having been in a wheelchair for X number of years and... You know, suddenly they can walk a few steps. It, there is a huge amount to be said for the power of persuasion, isn't mm-hmm. there? And, and the belief and the superstitious belief that something can make you better. Whether or not it can make you see if you're blind or raise you from the dead, that does seem impressive. Um, if Although I can't help but laugh at what happens to it later. I know, we will get to it. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. I can't think about it with without laughing <laughs> especially if you did have this magical piece of wood I think that actually was <laughs> yeah. but that's it though, isn't it if you if you if somebody gave you a piece of the cross mm. and said this is really a piece of the cross and it's mm. got magical properties mm. your first assumption would be that perhaps it's got some property in which to resurrect yes 
you know. Yes. Oh, yeah. And also the fact that yeah. yes. the connection with, with Christ is that, you know, he went and he healed people. He yes. made the blind see. Yes. So why not have that into that piece of wood? So yeah. there's maybe where the logic came yeah. from. Yes. That and it's... then they just span the story really well. Yes. Uh, it shows <laughs> that PR, really has, PR yeah, has been about for ages. Yeah. And it would have been an account I'd have very much liked to have yeah. taken over. And, and, uh, well, I was going to say, how would the EDP have reported this? Um, we would have, we would have uh, Facebook live this, I feel, <laughs> wouldn't we? We would have, yeah, of, we would have yeah. had live blogs, we would have had Instagram stories, we would have been all over this, wouldn't yeah. we? Yeah. Like a rash. Yeah. Um, but it, the, um, the chronicler of the time, who, as I've already said to you just before we started recording, I'm desperate to mention, because he blighted two years of my life, um, from the age of 16 to 18, um, I refer to Geoffrey Chaucer. Um, oh, I can barely say his name. <laughs> I had to study Chaucer at A-level. And um, sadly, it is, it's proof that as you get older, my mum was right. Uh, she did say to me once that when I was older, I would like opera, fish, and something else I can't remember, which would be really good if I could remember it because I do like that thing and I don't like opera and fish. Uh-huh. But um, I think Chaucer is, a, is, is something that you do come to a bit later. And I did actually hear a recent kind of Radio 4 adaptation of The Miller's Tale. And I actually laughed. And I mean, the thought of laughing at one of Chaucer's so horrifically never... dull tales, which are written in kind of uh, incomprehensible Middle English. And it is, but when you actually read it again now... <clears throat> without the bitterness and the hatred of youth. Um, it, it's kind of like lots of graphic sex scenes in Middle English. I mean, it is proper filthy. It's like Fifty Shades of, I don't know, Chaucer. <laughs> <laughs> the bored housewives of Middle England. Um, and this cross is mentioned in the Reeves tale, which is the third of Chaucer's Canterbury tales, written in the 1380s. Um, and... I was thinking about this. The Reeves Tale is one of the least boring. It's kind of probably the second least boring of the Canterbury Tales. If I had a top ten chart, it would be number two. <laughs> were there ten of them? No. So you there, couldn't actually no, have a top ten there, chart? There are, although I was quite shocked, there are 24 of them. Oh, oh so I didn't have to do 24 of them. I thought there was going to be like six or something. No, there's some proper boring ones. And the whole point actually was that Chaucer was ahead of his time because the whole idea, I think he pegged it before he finished them, that may be wrong. Don't take that. As, <laughs> if you're doing A-level, don't take my word for it. But the whole point was these tales were going to be ranked by the people listening to them, so there would have been a top ten. Oh. So by saying the real so tale is something, I'm literally doing Chaucer's will. Oh, just thanks, Geoffrey. <laughs> um, but yes, so in, the, um, in this tale, um, there's a miller. Uh, it doesn't sound funny, because it probably isn't. He lives near Cambridge. He steals some wheat that has been brought to him for grinding. Two students set out to get revenge um, and orchestrate a farce-like situation involving wives, daughters and bed-hopping. And at one point, the miller's wife is woken when her husband falls and she asks for the Holy Cross of Bromholm to keep us. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so this would have... it was well-known then. It would have been 50 yeah. years after it was... Big in Bromholm. That's how fast news travels um. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then I've reached the bit that's quite... Well, it's not funny, I suppose. Because it could have... If, if this thing is 
magical it could have been the NHS, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it had a bit of an unfortunate end. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us Which about we'll, that. We'll come to it in a minute. Because oh, I, I, oh, right. I just want to yeah, just pin down a couple of other things. Mm. Is Chaucer the only one who mentions it? So are there other records of this? So, or are we only getting these stories through his interpretation and his it's, embellishment it's in, of it's the It's in story. Matthew Paris's Annals of the Time, which are quite well-respected, well, very well-respected, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. So and that was, was in 1223. So that would, have been, would that, that would have been before Chaucer. That was before Big Jeff, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And would so, that have been as clear-cut as these people came back from the dead? Yes. Not open for interpretation? No, no. That's, that bit that I read... That's him. That is actually what it says. So he said, in that year, in, in 1223, divine miracles began to be wrought in that monastery to the praise and glory of the life-giving cross. For there the dead were restored to life, the blind recovered their sight, and any sick person who approached the aforesaid cross with faith went away safe and sound. That's pretty much not open to interpretation. No, it yeah, is a thing. Right, that okay. Is, they, they, that's what he said. I don't really know much about Mar- Matthew Paris. I should probably know more than oh, I, I thought do. he was that bloke who did Stonewall, the gay campaign. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's who I think of every time you mention it. I think of a, 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 a Times apparently, journalist. Apparently he was writing in 1223, <laughs> Richard, which is very impressive. That's a career that spans the generations, isn't it? Um, but I think, I think Chaucer, Chaucer was... Although I've, I've, my teenage self is literally kind of rolling my eyes and falling asleep at hearing me actually say this, he was quite a kind of funky diarist of the time. Oh God, I can't believe I've said that. I hated him so much. Um, but he, you know, so this would have been popular culture. This would have been him mentioning something that people would have heard of, yeah. which would have made his tale more relevant to the audience that yeah. were reading it. So um, it's obviously a big thing, yeah. you know, because he was not writing from anywhere near Norwich, Norfolk, no. Bromholm. No. So it, it, it's, it's infamy had reached a and wide And especially royalty visited as well, so yeah, Henry III. So yeah. again, it must have been like something that was really well known mm. for, for royalty to head up that way. And it would have been cash in the pocket for yeah. Bromholm well, because... Well, this is the thing, it was yeah. a massive... Massive industry, not just to the the abbey, but mm. or priory, um, mm. to the, the people in the surrounding area, because people would have needed places to stay, to eat, to drink, um, and also taking away tat. A little bit religious tat. God, how much would could we put away? I oh, know, <laughs> I know. I was thinking that we could have gone into business, couldn't we, making that tat? But they believed that the true cross was made from three different kinds of wood because that's mentioned in the Bible that it was made of, I think it's, I don't think it, I'm reading it straight from a piece of paper, cedar, white, pot wine, that's another part of the Bible, cedar, pine and cypress. So, um, and it was St. Helena who, who travelled to Jerusalem in 326 I don't know why they hadn't done anything with it before then, but she found the 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 cross and set about putting it into pieces and, and yeah, distributing it. Up, yeah, kind of a wholesaler, yeah. cross wholesaler, and then um, yeah, she didn't. She that she actually found three crosses, which was the the cross used to crucify Jesus and the cross used to crucify. The t- I think they were two thieves who were crucified mm. with him at the same mm-hmm. time. So I and think Brian. And Brian. Brian on the fourth <laughs> one. Yeah. And Brian on the fourth one. Oh. And I think she had somebody down with her 
who was afflicted with something and she made them touch all the three crosses and and, this one and yeah one of them was like oh I'm okay now that's the so, one so, so this cross I don't think we've mentioned this cross was actually so the priest who took it around to all the different places he got it from Constantinople during the fourth crusade I feel really bad because I don't really like all this religious stuff I don't really know very much about so I'm kind of I don't know how relevant that is I don't know. Istanbul or Constantinople? Well, presumably he nicked it. Yeah. And, and he was looking for kind of safe a, passage for him and his sons, wasn't yeah, it, I believe? Yeah, so he, wherever they ended up, part of the terms of the, the, the abbey having the, the cross was that they would have to let him and his family live there, basically. You have to wonder if they were en route to Walsingham. Yeah, they might have been. And they were kind of like, you know, kind of like, well, God, we'll go to Walsingham, you know, not much happens there. And we'll try and flog it to them, or mm. we'll try and see if we can stay there for a bit. And on the way, they just popped into Bromholm, and Bromholm were like, we'll have that. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah. We'll see we've got enough. They've got, you know, the Virgin Mary. We'll have, we'll have the True Cross, thanks. But this, this kind of... Is this, this is where touching wood comes from, isn't it? As mm, I recall, so. yeah. yeah. And I mean, gosh, I still do that. Yeah, everybody, everyone I know is... Yeah, still do that. And you kind of yeah. scan the room for a piece of wood. Which is unlikely to be a piece of the true cross. <laughs> most people now just touch their head when they say, yes. don't they? Yes. yes. Touch wood. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and this is a bit putting you on the spot a bit here. Was that the only piece of the cross in this country that was known well? Oh, gosh, that's a good that's one. A, I, I doubt it. At the time, I doubt it. In looking back, there are actually very few places that have ver- inverted commas verified pieces of there, there are a few still now mm. that have them locked away um i'm trying to think there's one in, there's one in jerusalem obviously and there's another one um somewhere slightly more random that i was looking at um but at the time there were far more that were around. this this chap i was talking about who, who kind of took it upon himself um to look where all the pieces had been um, and kind of did this, yeah, he, I mean, he's so dull. He calculated the size or volume of the cross, which is, in fact, fans, uh, 10,900 cubic inches. That's based on Jesus' weight, height, and body type. And, How do you um, know Jesus' weight? He's a Catholic. They know that, that he just does. He just does, Shifra. They thought, um, and they, I think because they said he would have worn, he would have, he would have been able to carry a cross that was 220 pounds. So, I don't know. But anyway, he, he looked across the whole world at how many pieces of the cross there had been. And there were loads. That's a bit difficult as well, because th- there might have been the same pieces of the cross that just got handed round. I don't think you'd give it up no. if you had it. I mean, they, they, it was, you know, if you had a pilgrim trail, it was like a... It's like a you know, it's a cash cow, isn't it? You just keep milking it, wouldn't you? I think that's why there's so many like people who would replicate relics as well and make fake ones. Bad people. Yeah, bad people. Yeah. So, the question that everybody <laughs> wants to ask right now, they're all shouting at their yeah. podcast, shouting, where is it now? Yeah, where well, is it now? Shifra, well, where is it now? Well, it had a very unfortunate end. <laughs> So, in 1424, Sir Hugh Pye, who was a Protestant chaplain from Norwich, was tried before the Bishop of Norwich for 
throwing the relic in the fire. No. <laughs> he just yes. chucked it in a fire. Yeah. Just all that history. Because he ba- so basically, yeah. he, was a, he was what they were, at the time were called, lol- he was a lollard. Um, <laughs> such a good word. It's a great word. Lollard. Great word. It just it sounds like something on Facebook, doesn't it? Yeah. If you see a picture Lollard. of a cat on a skateboard, Lollard. <laughs> but it isn't. Um, and, and the Lollards um, didn't believe in worshipping relics or going on pilgrimage and things like that. And he, he just thought it was absurd, basically. So he went and he got it and he chucked it in the fire. And like, that was it. Yeah, that and was that was the it. the end of the relic. Yeah. Like, and the end of him, wasn't it? Could... Well, no, actually. He, so he was... Um, so he was brought before the bishop on July the 5th, 1424, and the, I guess the accusation was for holding these opinions following, that people ought not to go on pilgrimage, that the people ought not to give arm, arms, 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 that the image of the cross and other images are not to be worshipped. So it was actually like quite a big, mm. like big deal. He denied the charges, um, so rather than being, he was really lucky to get away, yeah, to be really. honest with you. So rather than being executed at Lollard's pit, um, he had a day appointed to purge himself by the witness of three laymen and three priests. That so done, he was sworn as the others before and so dismissed. So he basically had a day, I, I'm not exactly sure, I think purging, if I remember correctly, was... Did you have to walk around the city? Yes. With a in front of loads of... Like a basic sandwich board, didn't you? Yeah, and, and say... In my rudimentary lollard googling, <laughs> <laughs> hilariously, I... Because um, I, I kind of remembered that the chap who, who they followed was called Wycliffe. And um, so I googled Wycliffe, and I thought, I think it's Wycliffe John. And then what came up was the rapper from the <laughs> Fugees. <laughs> Who again had little to do with the Lollard movement in um, in the 1300s? Although it was quite interesting, I did read about him, and there's some scandal involving oh. him. But that's that's a whole different podcast. And he's from Haiti, so you yeah, know. Maybe. Anyway, but um, yeah, he it, and of course Lollard's Pit is mm. is uh, in Norwich is yeah. named after the place where the Lollards went up in smoke, didn't yeah. they? It wasn't just Lollard, it was anyone considered a heretic, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's it, people weren't necessarily burned or executed as witches, they were executed as heretics. Um, Mm. So um, actually at the pit themselves, they're not sure exactly how many people were executed. This is a long time after that cross originally arrives, isn't it? Um, So when does the cross arrive? It must have been 1200s. Because Wycliffe yeah. was declared a heretic in, in 1415, yeah, so, so it, 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 it was doing like its stuff. Years. So when Chaucer wrote, it would still have been being used. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Of course it would, because she calls for it, doesn't she? Yeah. So, so it had it quite a reign, didn't it? Years. it was so they looked problem. after it all that time, yeah. and then he just yeah chucks he just it in a fire. Went fun. up there and got it. Yeah. Nobody even said that. It doesn't sound like anyone even tried to stop him. Well, there's another bit I found which is um, uh, which which reminded me of the same of the same kind of thing. Which was there's a piece there was is a piece of the true cross at the Basilica of the Holy Cross in Jerusalem, and um, in thirty in three eighty one a nun from Spain made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, 
and she kind of when she got back she wrote about her her time there and, and how the the relic of the cross was was kind of being visited and um it already was being guarded because the custom was that you would approach the, the the relic of the true cross on a table one by one you would um kiss the sacred wood and pass through having asked it what you want and then they discovered that people were biting it <laughs> and nicking bits of it so they were noticing that the true cross was magically becoming smaller because people were just yeah so now they so after that as soon as they realized that um they they then had to touch it with their foreheads which right. didn't have teeth and then and then look at it and then pass through mm-hmm. but they couldn't touch it or bite it mm-hmm. so clearly I think it's, they I were think it's yeah. really like although i guess what the lollards kind of stood for one of the things was transfer translating the bible from latin into english so it becomes more accessible yeah. it's obviously a good thing it makes me feel really sad that he did just... Because it's actually really disrespectful to other people's religions. Just because you don't necessarily believe exactly the same doesn't mean you should go destroying everybody's... It's also, there's no description of it, what it looked like, is there? Because the one that's seen... Is there? Um, well, I, if I remember correctly, they think it... I did see a picture of what they thought it looked like. It oh, was really? almost made into a little cross. It wasn't like a oh, piece... Yes, sorry. Do you remember? The one... Yes, I do know that you say yeah. it was... Yeah, it looked like a tiny... Re- which always seems so bizarre that they would, they that they worship the the thing that they that he died on. It mm. always seems a bit. Anyway, let's not get into that. Yeah. But the one in Jerusalem is jewelled. Oh, so okay. yeah. Because when we talk about it, in my head, I kind of see just like a splinter of wood. Like a lump of wood. Yeah. Just yeah. like. But they actually have like made. They did make it to look be fair. Like if you brought that round, although we would probably think it's more likely because it's not been fashioned into it. Yeah. You probably in the 1200s you would want it to look like a cross. It makes me you? think of um, Indiana Jones, you know, yeah. with the Holy Grail, and like there's all that big room, like full of grails, yes. and like they're really elaborate, and the baddie tooth is like the most elaborate one because yeah. it must be because it looks. That but then picks the like yeah. the really. I hope everyone's knows. seen Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> I've just ruined everyone. it. If not. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Spoiler. We'll spoiler alert yeah. at the beginning. It's all right. <laughs> Ruining film. But yeah, it's that kind of, you know, actually... And in the sixth the Holy sense, Grail do you know the be. child name? <laughs> <laughs> but it would be like... I feel like it, it would be appeal to me more if it looked more kind of used and... Well, we'll never know, will we? No, we'll never know. Because it's now it looks like a bit of charcoal. Yeah. Doesn't it? I'm surprised they didn't fish it out. Yeah. Even Unless he ran away with it and... What, when it was on fire? No, was like before he set it on fire... It's very Chaucer was here to write a story about. But when you think about it, I mean, there is no part of of the cross which would look like a the cross no. in any other. So at some point, somebody will have had to shaped it by removing elements of yeah. it. So there will have been well, uh, sacred shavings and yeah. sawdust. Yes, sacred sawdust. So why didn't yeah, they should have like collected all that up and then that could have become a relic in itself? That would have happened today. That would have yeah. been monetized, yeah. wouldn't it? We would have seen that happen. Yeah. We'd have had it made into poppets, wouldn't we? Yeah. And everything. It'd been amazing. But it's, it's I suppose it's, um, regardless of belief, it's that kind of perpetual feeling that items are imbued with magic, with potential, with healing abilities, with, you know, all this kind of power. 
um, that really does still continue, doesn't it? it you know, I, one of my one of my friends on Twitter on Twitter, um, he is a lecturer and he does this lecture about how people believe that things are full of evil. So he does a lecture where he carries around a, a, a jumper that was worn by Mara Hindley and he asks someone to put it on and they won't do it because they don't want That's to really be. And it isn't a jumper owned by Mara Hindley. Of course it's not. It's just a jumper yeah. from BHS, <laughs> um, which in its own way is probably quite evil. But, um, and, you know, it's kind of that idea of Bruce Hood, his name is. Um, it's that idea that we, we give items... Meaning, like in in witchcraft, and that is a thing of like yeah. filling an item with intent. Yes, and, and like focus on it, and so it becomes charged almost with yeah. whatever energy that you want. So that's yeah. So the next question I'm going to ask is that now that this cross has been destroyed, mm. was that the end of the primary? Yeah. Did did that, that do was, it that for the primary? Did it as soon as it went? That was they had nothing else. No people had no reason to go there. No spa. No. Nothing. <laughs> but no, that was it. That, no chef's table. That was it. Useless. Rubbish. Yeah, yeah I mean, it would have... people started just going back to Walsingham, I guess. Yeah, where they, where they still have... They haven't had... Well, theirs is wet, so it would be difficult yeah. to... They, I, did, I went to Walsingham fairly recently, and they have got a relic there. Yes. And it's like a... It's, I don't, it's probably a saint's bone or something, no, is it? No, well, well I, the one I saw was like a, a nail from the cross. Ah, right. And it's in like a really nice little... Box. We must go to Walsingham yeah, at some point. That, that prison in Walsingham is astonishingly <gasps> yeah. good. Yeah. There is, just before we finish up with um, Bromholm, Bromholm mm. there was one little mm. Bromholm. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one little story, again, I was talking to Roan, and she reminded me of a folklore tale, um, which is the Golden Gates to Heaven yes, uh, yes, at the end of a passageway underneath. Mm. From home, so you, wherever this passage where you walk on, and I think it goes out into the sea, and then the Golden Gates are there. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's all I know about it. Which what... presumably came at the same time as the yeah. whole miracles, yeah. True Cross. But yeah, it's believed that underneath Broomholm, isn't it? Mm. The Bromholm, whatever. There, that place in Norfolk, um, the Golden Gates to Heaven are along a tunnel, mm. aren't they? That's that leads out into the sea. I literally just yeah. said that. Well, maybe that's the story that came up after. <laughs> that's the story that came up after the fire incident. That hey, uh, yeah, yeah we've lost the cross, but don't go away because we've actually we can, we can take you out to sea. Yeah. And Although you, presumably that very quickly would have been proven to not happen, or you would just drown, wouldn't you? And, and you'd have to build a tunnel under the sea, which didn't happen until the channel. I don't think. Maybe the gates are there. Maybe. But there are still some unanswered questions that I need to know. If you now are brought back from the dead... Yeah, are you a zombie? Well, yeah, can you die again? What happened? Are these people still around, walking amongst us? I I would put forward the suggestion that they weren't dead. (laughs) That they were just not well. Because the one thing it doesn't specify is whether these people were all... back to life at the same time or whether they were random because if they were all at the same time it could have been some kind of illness that had been in the community maybe ergot not ergot no it wouldn't have been i was just that's like our just our our favorite it's our favorite (laughs) medieval illness (laughs) explain Um, 
Well, it was, it was a question on um, University Challenge recently, and I was so pleased. We just did a story. Has it been in yet or not? Yeah, it's in weeks. Um, it's about... Ooh, okay. It's so it's not... It's, don't worry, it's about Suffolk, but we can still talk about it. It's um, a rye can become infected with a fungus called ergo, which, if you then eat it, causes horrific oh Basically, things. Basically, families, they ate some bad bread, which had been made with the rye or whatever, and um, it basically started eating away their skin. So their feet fell so off. So their feet fell off. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we don't think right. they had that. But it could have been some kind of something yeah. that was affecting like a whole community. Yeah. The film. Oh, I've not seen that. But yeah, it's People something awaken. that affected the whole community. And yeah. so actually they were there and it brought them back. Yeah. Or it could have been made up. Or it could have been made up. Or, or they could be zombies, or they could still be walking amongst us. How do we know you're not one? Well, you're at Bonham. Yeah. Yes. In the 1200s. <laughs> well, Matthew Paris obviously is one. <laughs> yes. Maybe he's one of them. Oh, my <laughs> words. The clues were there all the time. <laughs> Weird Norfolk. Produced and edited by Richard Fair. The EDP.